Hello and welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jill Pelkey. And if this is the first time you're listening to the Activate Podcast, you can check out past episodes on SoundCloud or iTunes by searching Jillian Pelkey Activate. Today we're going to be talking about our thoughts and our words. Let's pray and then we'll get right into the Word of God together. Jesus, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for designing 24 hours in a day so that each day would end and we could start new and fresh with you. I thank you that your mercies are new every morning, that, God, we can call upon your name today, that the, the hour of, of, of prayer is now, the time of being with you is now. Jesus, I thank you for uh, working things together for our good, that no matter what we're going through, good or bad or anywhere in between, God, you're working it out on purpose. Uh, Lord, you have a plan, and we trust your plan. We trust your heart, God. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us today through your word. God, I pray that it would become so real to us that, God, we would put it into action. Jesus, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your sacrifice on our behalf. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Have you ever had an argument with someone that later on you replayed in your mind? And then the more times you replay the argument, you come up with better responses than what you responded with the first time in the argument. You come up with a better rebuttal. You come up with a, a, a better way you could have acted. And I think what happens is the more times we replay a conversation or an argument in our head, the further it gets from what the truth of what actually happens. We replay it so many times that we kind of slowly change the facts to fit what we wanted to happen. And, you know, you can go a few weeks later and you think the conversation happened one way when it actually happened another way. Our minds are a tricky place. Our minds can just wreak havoc on us if we're not careful, if we don't take captive our thoughts. And this can happen with negative thinking, and it can also happen with positive thinking in a great way. But I want to talk today about our, our words and our confession of things going on in our minds. Many times with, with counselors, they'll say, they'll let the, the person being counseled talk a lot, and they may only say a few things but they're letting the person hear themselves. There's a new style of counseling called coaching. I don't know if it's actually counseling, but it's, it's a type of, of helping people called coaching. And in coaching, you're letting the other person talk out their problems and come up with their own answers. Because when we say the thing out loud that we're having trouble with or the issue or the mountain or the thing that we're trying to get through, and then you ask the person who just presented the problem, well, what should you do? Well, many times we have the answer we just haven't taken the time to, to say it out loud. We haven't had the time to bounce the idea off somebody else. I was reading in the book of James and chapter 5, verse 13, and something stuck out to me so clearly, and I want to share it with you. James chapter 5, verse 13. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Let them pray. And I have that circled in my Bible. Let them pray. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. God wants to develop a deep relationship between himself and mankind. And if he wanted robots, he would have made robots. If he wanted uh, great warriors, we would all be great warriors. If he wanted all animals, he would have made all animals. But instead, he made us all each individual and different and unique and, and wonderful. He created each one of us with the opportunity to get to know him better the choice to get to know him better. And so this verse is, anyone among you in trouble, let them pray. And I looked this up in so many different versions, and it's always let, he, let the person pray, let them pray. 
Let them call on the Lord. Our trouble brings us to a point of choice where we can either draw on the strength of the Lord or we could draw on the strength of other people. Both are good, but the thing that God is, is, is portraying to us here is that in trouble, we can grow closer to God if we call out to Him. In my darkest moments, I felt the closest to God. And that seems contradictory, but it's, it's the way supernaturally that God works, that in tough times, we can become close to God if we call on His name. We should always have a support system, absolutely. But many times in Christianity, we uh, forget the biggest and best support system, and that's the presence of God. There's been times in my life when I've been so angry, and then I go into a place of prayer, and I come out of prayer, and my anger has subsided. There's been times when I've been so deeply hurt and wounded by people, by situations, by events, and I go into a place of prayer, and when I come out, Nothing circumstantially has changed, but the presence of God changes everything. There's been times when I've been overwhelmed and I just can't uh, seem to concentrate because I've got so much going on and I don't know uh, how I'm going to get through the day. I go into a place of prayer and I come out and my priorities are ordered. The presence of God changes your life. The presence of God changes everything. And so in James where it says, let them pray, there's a time to lay hands on people and pray for them. Absolutely. There is power in the family of God. And we're supposed to carry one another's burdens. We're supposed to grieve with those who grieve and mourn with those who mourn. But this verse today says that you should pray, that you should call on the name of the Lord. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call unto me and and I will show you great and mighty things that you don't even know yet. You don't even know yet. God wants to reveal a plan for your ordinary everyday life that only he can show you because it's supernatural. It's not a natural plan that some planner, coach, counselor, friend, relative, can come, pastor can come up with for you. God has a supernatural plan for your ordinary situation. And he's seen it all before. We're talking about the God of ages, the God of the universe, the God who's seen the 1500s, the God who's seen the 1600s, the seven, the God who has seen it all knows you. Not only does he know you, he created you. So he knows the giftings and talents inside of you. He knows what the persecution you're going through is supposed to produce in you. He wants to show you the way. The Bible says he is the way, the truth, and the life says that the Bible is a, a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. And so to know what to do in trouble, you have to pray. The prayer of your grandmother is great. The prayer of your pastor is great. It's biblical. It's great. But you have to pray. You have to find that, that those moments with God, that time with God to sit before him and to present your problems to him. And I dare say that we have to present our problems out loud. Because like I was saying before, when you get in an argument with someone and you replay things in your mind and and you're just talking within your own mind, it's one thing. But when you speak words out loud, when you hear yourself say the things to the Lord, whether it be through a journal, writing it out or saying it out loud, something changes. The hatred in your heart loses its power. The uh, self-loathing loses its power. The comparison game you have with other people loses its power because when you say the thing out loud, 
You see it for what it is, and God can begin to move and heal your heart. This verse in James goes on. It says, first, if anyone among you is in trouble, let them pray. If anyone among you is happy, let them sing songs of praise. So the same happens on the other end. If you are joyful, don't just tell your friends, and you should tell your friends, you should tell all of your friends, you should Facebook post how great God is, but you also need to find a place of praise alone with God and to praise him face to face out loud and say, God, you are good. God, you came through with this situation. God, I want to thank you for what you have done. If my husband always told other people how much he loved me, but he never told me, it would be very odd. He tells me all the time. He tells me most of all. Sometimes he says it to other people. And it's great to hear him uh, praise me in front of other people. But it's best when he praises me to my face. If anyone among you is happy, sing your praises to God. Find that place alone to worship God, to grow closer to God through good times, grow closer to God through bad times, and then everything in between will work itself out. But we are the ones that need to come before God in prayer. There is nothing like the presence of God. There is nothing like the presence of God. What God can do in one moment might take a counselor years to do because his understanding is above all things. He just knows more. He is God. And we have to trust the wisdom of God. Earlier in James, and I talked about it last week, it says, uh, James 3.17 says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven... God's wisdom, the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all, pure. Wouldn't you like pure wisdom in your marriage, pure wisdom in in how you parent your kids, pure wisdom in how to manage your life? The wisdom that comes from heaven is pure. It's unadulterated with the things of this world, with opinions and, and past. It is pure. I want the pure wisdom of God. I want the pure wisdom of God. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. When we call upon God, when we ask for his wisdom, when we sit in his presence, we find everything that we need. And it's not just a cute saying or, or, or something to think on. It's the truth. It's the truth. There's freedom in the presence of God. There's freedom in the truth that God has for your life. There's freedom when we call on the name of the Lord. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. So when someone calls you with all your issues, pray with them on the phone. Pray with them in person and then say, have you prayed about this? Have you sought the Lord? Have you gone to a place of prayer? <clears throat> and some people will say, well, I don't, I don't know how to do it. You pray for me. You're better at it. There is equal access to God for me, who has been saved for many years, and the person who got saved yesterday. We all have the same access to God the Father through Jesus. We all have access to the same scriptures, the same Holy Spirit. The Bible teaches the priesthood of the believer, meaning that we can all call on God and he'll answer us and show us great and mighty things that we don't know yet. Encourage the person who calls you with trouble to go and to pray. Encourage the person who comes to you with great testimonies to keep sharing it with people, but also to find a place alone with God to share it. 
Uh, James chapter five goes on. It says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. It takes faith to call on people and say, will you come and pray over me? It takes faith to call people and say, I need help. But the person who's sick needs to make that call. The person who's sick needs to reach out and say, I need help. It goes on to say, the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You know, in the Bible times, a lot of sickness was linked to sin. And so they thought that um, if you were sick, it was because either you or your parents sinned. And so it, it follows, you know, the sickness verse follows right away. If you've sinned, confess your sins one to another. Why would you confess your sins out loud to somebody else? Because it loses its power. There's no sin that's not common to man. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous. No, not even one. And so when we confess our sins to each, to each other, our sin loses its power. Our sin loses its power. Say, so you know, I've been struggling with this deep, dark thing. And that person can pray along with you. You can pray to God. But things said out loud lose their power. When they swirl around in our mind, we begin to think that we are the only one that is this evil. We are the only one that could have sinned this way. But that verse is comforting when it says there's no sin that's not common to man. And the comfort comes where uh, Jesus died once and for all, for all sins, for all mankind, for all time. His blood covers every single sin. And so if someone admits to you their sin, if someone comes to you and says, here's where I'm struggling, remind them that the blood of Jesus has covered their sin. When they go to God and they say, God, forgive me, he washes their sin whiter than snow, forgets it, erases it, throws it out. As far as the east is to the west, it's not remembered. He remembers it no more. So after he says, confess your sin, it says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So if you are living with sin in your life, that's not confessed to God, then confess it so that, that your sin can be forgiven and you can be counted as righteous. The, the, the healing is there. The forgiveness is right there. You just have to out loud ask God for forgiveness. God, forgive me for, you know, a few months ago, I started a thing uh, in my journal where I make three columns, and every day I write down things that I'm thankful for, things that I'm repenting of, and things I'm asking God for. And at first, I, I felt like it was a little elementary and a little silly to write down all this stuff, but I began to see a pattern of the things that I needed to repent for, where I would just say it in my mind, you know, God, forgive me for anything I've done wrong today. God, forgive me for any uh, bad attitude or intentions of my heart. God, forgive me. And it was kind of like a, a, a thing that was, was well-practiced that I always said that had kind of lost its, its luster, lost its meaning. But when I began to, in black and white, write down the things that I had done that day that were not pleasing to God, I began to see a pattern of talking too much, a pattern of... Uh, saying things with a bad attitude, a pattern of, of things that I would not have recognized had I not written them out, confessed them. 
And then as the day, days would go on, I would be walking out my day and I would be about to say something, think something or do something and say, I don't want to put that on my list today. So I'm not doing that. You know, when people are trying to lose weight, one of the suggestions is that they keep a food diary, that they write down all the things that they've eaten that day. And it's so surprising to see because you don't remember from uh, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. what you had had for breakfast. And when you look at it all in one big thing, you're like, oh, wow, I see a pattern here. I see what I'm eating. That's not right. The same with our sin. If we were to write it all down and see what it looked like, then we could begin to make some changes by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the same goes for being grateful. When we begin to look and say out loud at all the things that we have to be grateful for, it's one thing to say, God, I'm so thankful for all of my blessings. God, I'm so grateful for all you've given me. Thank you for family and food and friends. Amen. It's another thing to say, God, I see what you've blessed me with. God, I see the protection that I have within the four walls of my home. God, I see that you've given me clothes in abundance. God, I see that you've given me food. God, I see that you've given me all of these things. God, I see that you've given me this friend. Thank you for this person by name. God, thank you for this uh, influence in my life by name. It's so powerful. It changes our outlook on the day when you begin to look at the, at the poured out blessings of God in your life. And then the things that you want to ask God for. And I would challenge you to, to, to try that, to begin to repent on paper, <laughs> to begin to be grateful on paper so that you can see uh, right in front of you the blessings of God and the things that you want to begin to work out of your life. So James chapter 5 says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call on the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Verse 17 says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. So saying Elijah is our brother. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should, was, should wander from the truth, and someone should bring that person back. Remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. So it just got saying that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The prayer of Elijah, our brother, he's human, just like us. Same access to God that we have. Actually, we have access through Jesus where he was calling upon God and, and had not experienced the fullness of the cross yet. But he prayed that it would not rain and it did not rain. God hears our prayers. He answers our prayers. Elijah is our brother. The prophets are our brother. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Bartholomew, they're our brothers. Priscilla, Rhonda, all of them, they're our sisters. They're our brothers. Mary Magdalene is our sister. Martha and Mary are our sisters. There's no separate access to God that some people have that we don't have. He, God made humankind in his likeness, male and female. He made us in his likeness. He made us to call on his name. There's nothing like the presence of God. There is nothing that compares to the presence of God. So I want to challenge you today 
No matter what you're going through, no matter where you're at, pray. Be in the presence of Almighty God. Say your prayers out loud. Write your prayers out. We have a God who hears. We have a God who speaks. If you're in trouble, pray. Find your time alone to pray. If you're happy, find time alone to worship God. And if you're sick, call other people to pray. And if you've sinned, tell other people your sin so it loses its power. Confess your sin to God and he will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. The solution is found in God. The solution is found in time alone with God. Let's pray. God, I thank you for complete access to your throne. God, I thank, for, thank you for complete access to your presence. And Lord, I pray that we wouldn't take it for granted. God, that we wouldn't uh, fail to pray today, that we wouldn't fail to come before you today, that God, whatever we're going through, we could cast all our cares upon you because you care for us. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't hold on to trouble. We wouldn't even hold on to our joy, that God, we would pour it out before you. God, I thank you for answers that come from heaven. Lord, move mightily among us as we listen to your voice. In Jesus' name, amen.